0: Welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Caster. Here is always my co host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, what a crazy weekend of sports that we have had so far. And we haven't even uh, been through our Sunday night game, which could be crazy also because it's Derrick Henry and Patrick Mahomes and all a that. A very, very, very fun weekend.
1: Yep. Very, very, very fun. Um, I am very sportsed out, I have to say. I know it's like, asinine coming from someone that uh does this for a living and literally his job is to watch sports, specifically football um but yeah I'm like I'm, I'm tired. I'm definitely tired and I'm looking forward to crawling into bed watching the Sunday Night game knowing that I have I actually have zero fantasy stake a uh, like significant fantasy stake where the results matter because most of my matchups are pretty decided. So it's going to be pretty nice, barring like Derrick Henry going off for 50 plus points, Patrick Mahomes, 45 points, Travis Kelsey, 40 points. Barring something like that, it's it, it, it really is like an easy sort of night where I could actually, for the first time in a long time, just like sit back and like watch a football game. And I'm excited for it because odds are I'm going to fall be, be asleep by the third quarter. I'm, I'm super excited for it.
0: Honestly, I really felt that way after I left um WFAN CBS Sports Radio like I was able to watch a game and it's not for work. Right. And just be relaxed. Yes, so it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yes. You learn you learn
1: to appreciate it more because you are watching it just for fun. You're ju- you're just sitting back and you're watching it. That's kind it's in a way it's how I felt watching the Alabama LSU game last night. Was I was watching it part for fun. I mean, I know I'll be talking. I'll be talking about Bryce Young at some point, but I was watching it mainly for fun, and I was watching it with someone that is an LSU fan, so that was equally as fun.
0: Yeah, that that game was was crazy. I mean, Brian Kelly put his balls mm-hmm. in the wheelbarrow on that one.
1: He really did. He really <laughs> did. And there there would have been people calling for his head if he didn't get that right, and he did. So big, 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 big credit to. To Brian Kelly, and thank you, and thank you to Louisiana State University, and a massive thank you goes out to the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. America can rejoice knowing that both Alabama and Clemson lost in the same day. Amen, hallelujah.
0: And they probably won't be going to the playoffs. No, nope. nope. Which is fantastic. We we Terrific. have new, new teams in the playoffs all the time.
1: New teams in the playoffs when it's going to be probably Georgia, Ohio state, Michigan, and Tennessee.
0: Well, Tennessee has never made it to the playoffs. No, there's your new team. Yeah.
1: But the three others are
0: made stays pretty much fair, but just some, some more variety in, in the, uh, in the playoff structure, 25% more variety, more, more variety. There you go. It still counts for something anyway. That's whatever. But also, I mean, just gotta feel I don't feel too bad for the uh, city of Philadelphia, but you know, losing two championships on the same day, pretty rough on that one. Ah, the
1: fighting Phil's that sucks. Yeah. Fuck the Astros.
0: Although that Yordan Homer was absurd.
1: A mammoth. A mammoth. Uh, that bothered me when, when Bleacher reports out the notification.
0: Dynasty. They won two championships. Dynasty. Well, they what made you, it to, what are you talking about? They won two championships, but they made it to four World Series in the span of like how many? What? Seven or eight years or something like that.
1: We 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 we're counting second places. Okay. Second places constitute
0: a dynasty? No. They're not a dynasty. But Absolutely it's not it's an extended run. Of, it, it's, it's what it is, is an extended run of success. It's not. a dynasty. Yes. yes. An impressive success,
1: an impressive extended run of success. There we go. By God, yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm falling asleep already. I could barely I could barely speak. Yeah, but but congratulations to Dusty Baker. Very well deserved. That is I know that is the one silver lining in all of this. Is a, Dust, is a Dusty Baker won a World Series. And there's not a manager that deserves it more than
0: Dusty Baker does. If the, if like, I don't know, any other team was playing the uh, the Astros in the World Series, I would still root for the Astros just because Dusty Baker is such a cool guy. And like, he deserves a World Series. Um, I was never
1: World Series. The only way that I was rooting for the Astros is if they were going up against the Mets. That's fair.
0: That is the, on, the only way
1: the only way but even then it would be it, it, it would be arm again
0: yeah that's well, doomsday.
1: There, there, there's no winning
0: that's how a lot of Mets fans felt in 2009 i'll tell you that yeah
1: yeah i bet you it's how a lot of yankee fans probably felt in 86
0: yeah that's a what a weird world series that would have been well good thing good thing i wasn't alive for it yeah 10 talk years about teams my time. That should have been a dynasty that Mets those Mets teams of the 80s should have been a dynasty but that's besides the point um we're gonna talk about football because that's what that's what we do here we talk about football um what a crazy week as far as uh, points scored and players putting up numbers again this week honestly you got a lot of players putting up numbers not as crazy as last week but you still had Um, some pretty historic performances from one Joe Mixon and a nice bounce back from the uh, QB class of 2021. That wasn't even the most historic performance of the day from Joe Mixon. That wasn't even the most
1: historic performance of the day. Sure, Joe Mixon had five touchdowns. He didn't break any records. Justin Fields broke a record today. He did break a record today most rushing yards in NFL history in a single game set by a quarterback.
0: That that's, that's the game. I'm pretty sure. Although didn't, did Joe Mixon break like a team record for touchdown scored? Probably by probably if it was, if it was a Bengals record, then probably.
1: Um, but a league record for me is more impressive than a, than a, than a club record to be quite honest. And 178 rushing yards from Justin
0: Fields is wild. Yes, it was a franchise record five touchdowns. Yep. So, and it was it's still the, very impressive. I mean the the
1: eighth the eighth most points ever scored in a single game by a fantasy player in full point PBR.
0: I'm kind of curious. So, what do you have a list of like the the uh, seven highest? Because I'm kind of curious. I bet Billy Sims is up there, I don't and Barry Sanders. Too much, too much time on it. Um. But yeah, let me let
1: me find it. I found it. I found it uh earlier.
0: No analysis. Uh, I just want to just want you to read it. Here it is. Because I'm curious.
1: Uh Jamal Charles, 2013 against the Raiders, 59 and a half fantasy points. Tyree Kill against the Bucks in 2020, 57.9. Clinton Portis against the I believe it was against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, it was 57.4 fantasy points. That's actually the most points. In standard, was the the Clinton Portis game is the most points in standard. Um, Alvin Kamara, the Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve or Christmas is it Christmas Eve or Christmas Day?
0: I think it was Christmas Day.
1: It was like a Saturday Christmas Day. game. Christmas Day against Minnesota, the six touchdowns there at number four. Jamar Chase um, on January second, fifty five point six. Then Chris Johnson in 2009 was that against versus, the Chiefs. Yep, that was against the Chiefs. Yeah. Yep. 266 receiving yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Chris Johnson, 197 rushing yards, two touchdowns, 87 receiving yards, and a touchdown there. Doug Martin versus the Raiders, 55.2
0: fantasy points. And then Joe Mixon. That Doug Martin game, I have like trauma from that game because I went up against him that week when he did that. And that was not fun. I was kicking myself. After, after doing that, I was like 2013 or 2012, I think. Right. Oh, which Doug Martin 2012, 2012. Yeah.
1: 2012. I didn't have anybody. uh, Actually. No, I lied. I did have Jamal, Jamal Charles for the 59, 59 point game. I did. And I, and I had Tyreek Hill, but Clinton Portis before my time did not have Kamara did not have chase did not have Chris Johnson I, I didn't have Doug Martin this year. That was one of my first years. I did not have D- Doug Martin. I didn't have Joe Mixon today. I,
0: so I have, Joe, I have Joe Mixon. It was fantastic. Um, I think I had Tyreek Hill that, that year. I'm pretty sure. I can go back. I think it was in the – I forget. But that was a fun one. Was that the – I think that was the year that I said that I wasn't going to draft Tyreek Hill. And then I did draft Tyree Kill. Maybe that probably was. Maybe that's probably it's probably what it was. Um, so yeah, that was, that was fun. And Tyree Kill had another great game, but uh, we're gonna talk about Thursday night. And uh, good on you and Jake for being correct about Thursday night. I mean, who would have thought? Uh, although not as correct because not as least-
1: correct. I don't have I only know the Texans putting up six points and they were tied going in a half. I was like, what the hell is going on?
0: I was like, oh, it's going to be one of the. It looked like it was going to be one of those games, and It was like, oh, the Texans weren't going to go down, weren't just going to let lie down and die. They were going to actually put up a fight. And they but did. And they most certainly was did. Only for for that amount of time. I think the real story in this game, and we'll see what happens um, next week. Or I don't know if the Texans have a bye, but their next no, game, Texan,
1: Texans were one of the first teams on bye. Okay, they were on bye in week five,
0: so uh, next week. But Brandon Cooks, what a weird, weird situation. That's really that's the story. I mean, da- Damian Pierce obviously is amazing, um, but the the actual non obvious story is the trustworthiness of Brandon Cooks and that whole situation. And I mean, looking at what insiders said, it seems like it's kind of a water under the bridge kind of deal after this game, but. I don't know, and also like Brandon Cooks hasn't been great anyway this year either. No,
1: no, he hasn't. But, but again, yeah, I don't. I don't want to spend too much time on it since uh, he didn't play and uh, it doesn't help anybody. But I mean, Brandon Cooks for the most part. I mean, if he doesn't play, obviously you bench him. Um, but I think this is a very fixable situation. I really do, and I think I think Brandon Cooks will probably end up. Being back within within the next week, probably I I would expect definitely more movement um, this week before the, the build up to the Giants game, and hopefully he's back. And then if he's not back, then there's something to uh, to worry about. But for now, for now you just kind of stash and wait and and hope. But uh, like like Adam said, it's not even like Brandon Cooks has been that great, so it's not like his loss is definitely super impactful.
0: Yeah. Even if he does play against the giants, I'm like, I started Garrett Wilson over Brandon cooks in the non guillotine. And I think I might end up doing that going forward just because even though Garrett Wilson doesn't score like Brandon cooks also doesn't score, but um, he still puts up a lot more yards than cooks does. I still have
1: cooks ranked higher rest of season, but that could definitely change over Garrett Wilson. That, that yeah. could definitely change.
0: Uh, the other thing from this game is uh, another receiver, but this receiver actually did play. But I think the, this, forgive me if this is kind of a hot take, but like is Devonta Smith too volatile to start on a week-to-week basis?
1: It depends on your options. It, it just, it depends on who you're starting him over. Um, but obviously this is an offense that's run by the legs of Jalen Hurts the hands of A.J. Brown, and the mix of Dallas Goddard. And then you have your Miles Sanders. So where Devonta Smith fits into all of that, I don't really know. He's probably I – mean, I, I, I had him coming into the week ranked as a borderline top 30 play. So that's kind of what he is moving forward. Border, borderline wide receiver three, it really depends on what, um, what your options are. It really, really depends.
0: Yeah, because I feel like if you're if you're a Devonta Smith owner or a manager, it's like I don't know how many more weeks are you going to look at performances that like does does the good outweigh the bad? And that's the that's the big question for fantasy. Like well, odds as are,
1: whole. odds are, some people that had Devonta Smith this week didn't have much of a choice because of bipocalypse. Yeah, no. So, odds are, hopefully, that maybe Devonta Smith was started in the event that he didn't have Cortland Sutton. Or you didn't have Debo, or you didn't have Ayuk, or you didn't have CD. Deonta Johnson. Hope that was the case. Deonta Johnson, George Pickens, sure. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully that was the case. And you don't have to uh rely on Devonta Smith week in, week out. But for some people they do. And and I could probably guarantee there's probably better options that are out there on your respective waiver wires. Like Rondell Moore is out there in 65% of leagues. Um, I would definitely pick him up. I'd be looking at Chris Moore if there's no Brad and Cooks moving forward. And I would also be looking at Therese Marshall. I, I I do think Therese Marshall has had fifteen targets in the last two weeks. Uh, I think that that's definitely worth it for a team that you know is gonna be throwing the ball a whole heck of a lot in the Carolina Panthers.
0: Yeah. and it really does feel like Therese Marshall has been very has been pretty good. like for well, at least in this game, like in this past game, and we'll get to that. But it really – he had a pretty solid game against – Garbage time. Yeah.
1: I mean, that entire second half really was garbage time, to be honest.
0: All points count the same. Mm-hmm.
1: And then I do want to talk about Davion Pierce. That's – Okay. That's the biggest one. We can't – we can't dance around it. That's the one that everybody – that's the most important fantasy name here is – obviously, you know, Jalen Hurts, you're, not, you're starting every week. AJ Brown, you're starting every week. Dallas Goddard, you're starting every week. Uh, Damian Pierce, this was the most Nick Chubbian day I think I've ever seen. It was just so textbook. And then you have Kenny Gainwell, who only had three catches for 39 yards and a touchdown. And he was point something points. I think it was like 1.1 fantasy points less than Damian Pierce. Something like that. Something stupid. Um, But yeah, Damian Pierce was outstanding. He looked great. and I I was a little worried for Damian Pierce. Given I thought the schedule was going to get a little bit difficult for him, starting with Philadelphia. But, hey, it, he was efficient. His running was just ridiculous, over five yards a clip. And I honestly thought this was one of the tougher matchups that he had coming up. Uh, the Giants are no slouch. Uh, Washington, they just had Dalvin Cook score a receiving touchdown today. Uh, Miami just got absolutely gashed by Justin Fields. Uh, Cleveland is a really tough rushing defense. That's going to be a really tough matchup for him. And then Dallas is another, is another really tough one. 13-14 could be a little tough for him. But 15-16-17, Kansas City, Tennessee, Jacksonville, those are all really soft rushing defenses. And Damian Pierce could be really, really effective come fantasy playoffs. So he right now is a hold. But if you can sell high on him, and like if someone's going to offer you a – Someone's going to offer you maybe a Travis Etienne or a Kenneth Walker and more. You know, say someone offers you Travis Etienne for Damian Pierce and, I don't know, Deontay Johnson, I would do that. Oh, I would do that. I would do that. I would I would definitely, definitely, definitely do that. But if, if you're a winning team and you're winning with Damian Pierce, you hold on to him and you reap the benefits. The only thing that was missing was the fact that he did not have a single catch in this game, did not have a single target and didn't score. If the receiving upside was there and he scored, this could have been a monster game from, from Damian Pierce. It wasn't. And and, and, uh, quite honestly, it was a really down, if not average week from the running back position as a whole. Uh, Damian Pierce didn't even eclipse 15 rushing yards, uh, 15, uh, 15 rushing yards, uh, 15 fantasy points. And, I believe one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, the top ten was guys that finished with fifteen or more fantasy points in full point PPR. Raheem Blackshear was it was your top ten running back was the tenth running back this week, so it was a really really weird week where the running back scoring was really really low, uh, generally, and then you had guys like Joe Mixon who we'll talk about eventually that had fifty five fantasy points. So
0: yeah, and. You're right. I mean, you have guys in the top 10, like Jeff Wilson, Raheem Blackshear, who you said. um, Ramondre. Well, I mean, Ramondre Stevenson and Cordell Patterson are kind of like expected to do do well. Michael Carter. Yeah, Michael Carter. Michael Carter, definitely. But no, you got to put some respect on Michael Carter's name. Sure,
1: sure. But I don't think anybody expected him to be top 10 against the Bills.
0: No, probably. Not. I don't think
1: anybody expected that. Like, I think I'm not saying that Michael Carter's untalented talented because
0: he is, but against the Bills, I don't think anybody would say would say that he was uh, shooing. I mean, who expected the Jets to have two top fifteen, like two running backs in the top fifteen this week against Buffalo? Uh,
1: I mean, who would have expected that the Jets were going to beat Buffalo at all?
0: Yeah. Well, if Robert Sala is any is anything to go by, everybody in the Jets locker room expected that expected to beat Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So, of course you go. Of course,
1: yeah. believe it at all time high.
0: <laughs> anyway, uh let's go to Sunday. And which game do you want to talk about first? I'm going to leave the floor to you. Let's get the Jets over with. Okay. Fun game for the Jets. A little uh a little anxiety inducing just because of uh the ending and everything, but Um, Just reinforces the fact that the running backs are really the focal point of the offense. Garrett Wilson had another great game. But the thing with this team is that the passing touchdowns aren't there. And if they are there, then they're not going to receivers. So if you're relying on uh, your Jets receivers to score, then it's not a great idea. Because they just don't. Yeah. I mean, the Jets,
1: I mean, it's really just Garrett Wilson, to be quite honest. That's, that's 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 the guy to really look at for the Jets. Really, it's just his floor. His floor is pretty safe, but the ceiling is also very limited. Because if, he if he's not going to score, which he hasn't scored since Joe Flacco was the quarterback of this football team, mind you. Was that the, um, co-
0: the comeback against the Browns? Is that the last time he scored?
1: That was the last time he scored a touchdown. Okay. yep, it was the, that was the last time that he scored a touchdown was in the comeback win versus the Browns. Um, the floor over the last two weeks for Garrett Wilson has been pretty, has been pretty safe. 17 fantasy points, pretty good in full point in, in full point and in half. In, in non, it, that, do, that doesn't help you. It doesn't help you. You, you need to find guys that are, are going to be able to score and like if we're looking at all the guys that are basically in the top 15. Only Josh Palmer and Garrett Wilson didn't score because they both had eight catches. Josh Palmer had over a hundred yards, but Garrett Wilson had not had ninety-two yards. But everybody else was either over a hundred with a touchdown or just at about 100 with a hundred with touchdown. So in, in non, those are the guys that people are going to flock to, and and Garrett Wilson the Garrett Wilson's of the world are not as appealing and none in half and full they 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 didn't kill you they they didn't kill you but the lack of touchdowns eventually are definitely going to catch up so you could start Garrett Wilson as a wide receiver 3 i i wouldn't i'm not opposed to that's what i had him ranked as coming into the week um but again the ceiling is really really capped because they clearly want to run the football as much as they possibly can they're winning football games hell they beat the buffalo bills so the formula is working I don't expect them to change that, so it's a boost for Michael Carter. It's a boost for James Robinson, who we'll get to, we'll get to that in a minute. But overall, it's kind of a floor guy. It's Garrett Wilson with not much of a ceiling.
0: Yeah, and also before we get to the running backs, I mean the big story besides you know Zach Wilson doing pretty well uh, is the continued phasing out. I guess because he hasn't done anything in a really long time the phasing out of Elijah Moore in the offense. Yep. I mean, no targets again. I think that he didn't have any targets last week.
1: They're they're better off keeping him at home at this point.
0: Yeah, because the team is still pretty good. Like they could be way better with Elijah Moore. With that they're winning talent. without him. They're winning they without winning. him. Yeah, but they are winning without him. And as weeks go by, the leverage just continues to decrease for him.
1: Yeah, but then again, I mean, they also were going to trade Denzel Mims, and we're still re- We're still waiting for the Denzel Mims trade.
0: Yeah, Denzel is- Mims is getting
1: more looks in this offense than Elijah Morris, which is
0: yeah, fascinating. With well, listen, Denzel Mims did make a very clutch catch uh, in the fourth quarter. I'm not. I'm not denying that. I'm just saying he's getting more looks, and he might not even get traded just because he he's getting a lot more playing time right. and. He And that's what he really wanted in the first place. So, yeah. You've well, got
1: to get that with though, Elijah Moore.
0: Yeah. And then even with the tight ends, I mean, my condolences to anybody who started Tyler Conklin and thinking that was a good idea based off of last week.
1: Yeah, no, I, did, I was not urging for anybody to start Tyler Conklin this week. He still is a top 15 tight end for me.
0: Yeah, but it, it was he didn't give you anything. Nope. It was just not, not a fun time. But the running backs, I know you want to talk about the running backs.
1: Very interesting.
0: Yep. I mean, both Michael Carter and James Robinson, it feels more like a 50, 50 timeshare. And last week was more like James Robinson, getting him uh, acquainted with the playbook uh, since he was traded with less than the week before the Pats game, um, getting him more acquainted with the playbook and everything. And now that we have a weekend change to install the offense, you know, getting ready to, to really go with those two guys.
1: James Robinson out touched Michael Carter, 15 to 13,
0: 13 to 13 to 12, actually. No,
1: James Robinson had two catches. Oh, out touched my bad. James Robinson Robinson had two catches, Uh, 15, 15 to 13, Um, both scored. Really? It just, it, it just comes down to that. Probably this is what this is. This is probably a 50, 50 timeshare, which caps both of their upsides it's going to take an injury probably to one of them. James Robinson was questionable coming into the game with a knee injury that he suffered late in practice on Friday, and he looked great. Scored the touchdown, a nice little receiving touchdown from uh, James Robinson. And Michael Carter looked like that he was the guy the Jets wanted to use uh, as more of their ground-and-pound sort of runner. Again, I think it's going to be fifty-fifty going forward. I think it's gonna Like I said, it's to, I think it's going to take an injury for one of these guys for you know you to have a real runaway favorite to be the uh, ball toter for the Jets, a la Brees Hall. But this is what this backfield kind of is now. It's 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 going to be a committee where both Carter and Robinson are going to have value. Just instead of one maybe having top twenty-four value, maybe both of them having top thirty, if not top thirty-six value.
0: Yeah, and that's that's just what it is, and really like you saw the thing that was really indicative of this was on that final drive leading to the, to the field goal where it was really, it really wasn't even split between both of them. Um, and they both were doing really well, uh, running the football. So it part of it could also just be a game flow thing. And I feel like that's what the jets do a lot with their running backs is like, it's a, it's a, whoever you know playing the hot hand, um, and that's and I know like they wanted to do have a committee with Breesol and Michael Carter, and then Breesol ended up uh, just ascending and skyrocketing in production and kind of changed the plans on that. But right. um, yeah, that's kind of anyway. That's that's it for that. But for the Bills, uh, Josh Allen. Did you hear anything about uh, Josh Allen with the uh, elbow injury that he suffered? Uh, the exact the exact quote. I'm not sure of but I'm
1: paraphrasing when I say that Josh Allen said something along the lines of it hurts like hell, but I'll play through it and be fine.
0: Yeah. I think that's probably, that's pretty much what he said. Yeah, it'll be, he
1: will be fine. I'm not worried. I'm not worried about Josh Allen. I'm not worried about the rest of the bill. I okay. I'm not worried about Josh Allen. I'm not worried about Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, the whole Gabe Davis thing. We talked about this coming into the year. Nobody wanted to listen. Nobody wanted to listen. So here it is again. Gabe Davis, we knew everybody in this podcast, Adam, too. We knew that Gabe Davis was pure hype, pure hype play because of what he did against Kansas City. And rightfully so, it's one of the best playoff performances we have, we've ever seen. Answer this question for me, Adam. You take away. The fact that this dude scored four touchdowns against the Kansas city chiefs in a playoff game that they lost, that they lost, that they lost, take that away. And we talk about a guy that there was breakout potential coming into the year, but we're sitting now through week nine and he averages exactly two catches a game.
0: What are you doing with that guy? Well, I'll tell you what you're not doing with that guy starting him confidently what? anyway. What would you do with that guy? Like, if it's a if it's just a blind, like I don't know, like blind any guy, th- the guy's name is not Gabe Davis. You're dropping that guy. Thank you. Thank you.
1: I'm not saying you drop Gabe Davis, but what I am saying is he is playing right now and his stats are very similar. To guys who are probably on your waiver wire right now. Yet people are still slamming the drum, saying that, oh, this has got to be the Gabe Davis week. This has got to be the Gabe Davis week. It's gotta be the Gabe Davis week.
0: Well, it's because of the offense that he's in and the potential. It's like uh, it's like Sammy Watkins in the when he was with the Chiefs. Sure. sure. Where it's like he's in he's in too good of an offense to just be a passenger. And it's just because it's, it's a similar situation. They're both like number two or number three options in the offense. And they're, they're really streaky. And so, yeah, you're not, you're not starting Gabe Davis at this point.
1: Um, Zay Jones is rostered in 33.6% of ESPN leagues. And he has, if I could do this quick math in my head, 9, 19, 24, 27, 30, 34. He has 39 catches on the season. And he's rostered in 33% of fantasy leagues.
0: Yeah. Go, go do that. Go pick him up. I don't they, know what you do guys, with Gabe Davis. I just don't know what you do with him. Even the guys that we talked about before. Or that you talked about before. Um, Rondell Moore, uh, Terrence Marshall. Those guys aren't being aren't owned in a lot of leagues.
1: I wouldn't start Terrence Marshall over Gabe Davis. I would start Rondell Moore over Gabe Davis. I would.
0: Okay. Cool. Um, anything else for them this game? Absolutely not. Okay. let's see what we got here next let's do the uh chargers and the falcons this game was uh pretty nuts i mean the chargers down to their second their third fourth and fifth receivers and gerald everett um and i mean they had Al neckler also who continued to be fantastic um Who had some questionable fumbles that maybe were fumbles, but maybe not. It was a weird sequence at the end of that game. Um, But arguably could uh, have had another touchdown. Yeah, arguably could have had another touchdown also. But this is kind of what the Chargers are now with the with all these injuries. They're like they're one of the most injured teams in in the league. Everybody has has at least something going on. On that team.
1: Man, they need Keenan Allen back. Yeah, they really do. Problem is, I don't know when he comes back. Or if. That Yeah. Yeah. it Definitely. I I, mean, I thought we were going to see Keenan Allen back a month ago.
0: It was like, how do you get more two weeks hurt go, two during, weeks during your bye week? How do you get more injured during your bye week?
1: Right. Right. What were you doing? What were you doing over your bye? And. Jake said this, and I agree with him when I say, when he said that trading for guys that are hurt just for the hope that they come back and become who they were never works. And the amount of trades that I've seen over the course of the last week that it just in my own home leagues and work leagues that have had Keenan Allen in them is borderline sickening.
0: Well, it's Michael Thomas
1: disease. It's Michael, yeah, it's Michael Thomas disease. I, 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 exactly. He'll be back at some point, I'm sure, because the Chargers really need him. But it's like, can can you trust that he's going to be healthy? And the answer is I do not have a damn clue.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing with uh soft tissue injuries. And it's a bit more um understandable i guess with those kinds of injuries how you can get more injured during your body although it is kind of funny in a schadenfreude kind of way i mean i'm you, sure
1: i'm sure that he reaggravated it or hurt it if, if that's what he did we don't know um but i'm sure that there probably was something that happened during workouts or something that's probably
0: what it was well um, that's usually how it happens i mean right. you know you've dealt with those kinds of injuries yeah Personally, yeah, you're, you're you're working out. You're trying to recover from, from
1: the injury, and and it feels sore, or, or you know, it starts to bother you again. It it, it happens, it happens for sure. Um, but they're going to be very patient with this one, obviously. But um, I kind of think that Brandon Staley and his job kind of depend on the Chargers making the playoffs because they have this guy in Justin Herbert, who looks uh, very average. But you can't also forget that he probably is dealing with and playing through severe severe pain coming from the rib injury that he suffered against Kansas City can't you can't rule that out either that Justin Herbert may not be hundred percent healthy
0: yep, and he's still doing this. he's still doing really well. I
1: don't know if I would say really well. I mean he's doing well, he's fine, still doing but it's not okay. it's not Justin Herbert level
0: no. Like he's still leading the Chargers to wins, but it's not—it's not the same. Like this game, if we had normal Justin Herbert, this game could have been like a win by the Chargers by like a a score like two scores instead of just a a last-second field goal. Sure, but I mean, I guess the one thing about this is that like the Chargers haven't put Keenan Allen on IR. So they think that he can come back sooner rather than later. Yeah. I don't know
1: why they didn't. That's that's weird to me.
0: Well, I guess it's kind of like Jamar Chase because they because I think a lot of people expected the Bengals to put Jamar Chase on IR. But mm-hmm. they were like, well, just we'll give him this week and then we'll give them the buy and then we'll see. And then we'll reevaluate.
1: Possibly. Possibly.
0: But yeah, uh, the Falcons, though. Um, There aren't enough passes, not just touchdowns, passes to go around in this offense. Nope. Nope.
1: I can tell you right now Marcus Mariota would have thrown perfect balls to Olamide Zacchaeus and Demir Bird if they were the ones running routes over Drake London and Kyle Pitts. I can tell you right now. <laughs> Yeah. Like it's 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 maddening. It is maddening that we had this we have this situation. Um but I mean you weren't really playing them. Were you I mean, pits? Pitts you probably you probably were playing. And if you did play pits, oof, sorry. Um but the main thing the main thing with the Falcons, that the one thing that I was very interested in. Was what would the split look like in the backfield between Cordero Patterson, aka Mommy, Tyler Algier, and Caleb Huntley? Uh, Patterson did lead the way 14 for Patterson, 11 for Algier, seven touches for Huntley. So, probably working his way back. You know, they probably took it easy on him a little bit, factor in Algier a little bit, factor in Huntley a little bit, but good to see. You. Cordero Patterson lead the way and most importantly when they were on the goal line it was Cordero Patterson getting the goal line touches very very important good to see you plug Cordero Patterson back into your lineups
0: yep absolutely uh, next game Miami and Chicago drunk Ty- drunk game Terry Kill finally scored for the first time since week two because yep, I was going up against him in six leagues great <laughs> Um welcome back, Jeff Wilson. You know. Just wow. yeah. Mike McDaniel wow. loves his guys.
1: Yes, he does. And let me tell you, it was touch uh carry wise, it was a dead split. And touch wise, Jeff Wilson out touched Raheem Oster. Yep, by three. By three. Ladies and gentlemen, we have another split.
0: I hope everyone
1: sold high in Raheem Oster.
0: You can take the man from the 49ers, but you can't take the 49ers out of the man.
1: Exactly. We have another full-on split. And my God, is this an ugly one.
0: Yeah, because it really does feel like the Dolphins want to throw more than they want to run. Because they have those two weapons there, those two
1: big weapons there. Yeah, it's a fantasy gold mine. Miami. It, it really is. I mean, between Reek, Waddle, yeah, Jeff Wilson, who are the starting running back, is gonna be is gonna be there, where he even scored. Um, Tua. This is a really, really good fantasy spot. For any fantasy managers that are invested in the Miami Dolphins, you're probably pretty happy with what you're getting out of it, unless your name unless you have Mike Kosicki. But Tua, Jalen, and Tyreek, Ooh, you're very, very, very happy. Uh, if you're a Raheem Mostert manager, uh, you're a little panicky right now, a little bit.
0: Yeah, because it was kind of a surprise. I think, uh, although once you like kind of connect the dots. It wasn't a surprise. It's kind of like finding out like the Toronto Maple Leafs sign a random player, but then you remember, or then you find out that he played for the Sioux St. Marie Greyhounds and you're like, Oh, that makes sure. more sense. Sure. That's a deep cut hockey, hockey reference. For it those is. That I was,
1: I was a very niche <laughs> hockey reference.
0: Yeah. But at least you know what I was talking about. Yes. Yeah. Kyle Dubas loves, loves those guys from the Sioux.
1: Yes, he does. If you know, you know. <laughs> um,
0: anyway. But it was like a kind of an under the radar traded trade, and I mean it, it makes sense for both parties. But everybody,
1: everybody thought that Jeff Wilson was good, was going to be the handcuff to Mostert. Instead, it's looking like Jeff Wilson is coming in to be the one B to Raheem Mostert, if not the
0: one A. Yeah. So there you go. Weird situation. Another full on committee. What what else is new in Miami? They love Literally. their. They love their running back committees in Miami. Oh, yes, they do. Um, for the Bears, though, I mean, like you said, record-breaking day for Justin Fields. Real yes. big breakout performance by him. He was doing everything in this game.
1: Yes, he was. And do uh, do I dare say it with the schedule that he has coming up? Justin Fields could be a locked-in RB1. All uh, right, excuse me. Well,
0: he could be an RB one with the rushing <laughs> performance that he had today. Quite honestly, he really could be. Um, what a Freudian slip! That was the Freudian slip of all the of all time. It was. I mean, let me let me actually just have a look at something, just <laughs> just for
1: fun. <laughs> let me let me just see something here. Hold I'll hold the phone.
0: I'm kind of curious actually. Now that you're Justin right, Fields was
1: was the rushing yardage RB
0: one today? How does Justin Fields rank? if he was just a running back or like if he was a, if he was a running back, I guess we want to take out his passive numbers. Cause that kind of, kind of uh, conflates it a little bit. So but. he has
1: on the season. Let me just do a quick little adding. So he has four touchdowns. Four touchdowns on the year so that is 24 and then you do 28 20 47 52 47 i really should be doing this by decibels i i either way either way justin fields you're kind of looking at going forward as as a locked and loaded QB1 with Detroit next week, Atlanta the week after, the Jets the week after, Green Bay, and then he's on a bye. Now, the playoff schedule, dicey. Philadelphia, then Buffalo, both at Soldier Field. But then if you're able to get through that, he is Detroit, in Detroit, championship week
0: oh that's a good that's a good play
1: that's nice that's nice but you have to be able to to get through it
0: yeah um another thing honestly the weird thing is i thought chase had a better day than he actually did but he was pretty terrible in this one um donald mooney is still good that's that's solid cole is scoring touchdowns again which is great Uh, mm mm-hmm um, and yeah, the rushing upside is there for, for fields and not great. If you have uh, Montgomery and or Herbert though, no. then it, it just turns into a Devin Singletary, uh, situation where oh. when your quarterback likes to run the ball more than handing it off to the running back.
1: Agreed. Agreed, but I also think for David Montgomery managers, it was comforting at least that he outtouched Khalil Herbert two to one. So that that is at least somewhat relieving. Yeah. But Khalil Herbert is still a high end, high end handcuff. Because yep. something were to happen to Montgomery, Khalil Herbert is a top twenty at least play.
0: Absolutely. All right. Next game Carolina and Cincinnati. Oh boy. Poor Deontay Foreman comes back to, comes crashing down to earth. Yeah. Not great. And also, I mean, this game was out of hand by the first quarter, just with how, or really the first half with Joe Mixon.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Carolina just got gashed. It just looked like there was one team that showed up, and they were pissed off about how Monday night went. They really took it to Carolina in, in a big way. And, of course, Joe Mixon, a humongous day, five touchdowns, eighth most fantasy points ever in full-point BPR in a single game. I mean, I, don't, I again, I, I see people talking about, oh, Joe Mixon now has got to be a high-end RB1. He's an RB one. He never wasn't an RB one.
0: Well, I think that a lot of people were trying to dig his grave after, and like on Monday night, he was fan, he was great. He was like one of the one bright spots on that in that game from the Bengals. Well, the from a receiving aspect, sure. I mean, he only had eight carries, but from a
1: receiving yeah. aspect, yeah, sure. He had, he had seven catches, sure.
0: On, but, in PPR, yes.
1: Yeah, but com- coming into this, he only had three touchdowns on the year. He matched and then bettered his total season touchdown output in this game. Yes. He went from three total touchdowns to eight total touchdowns. Well,
0: I'm saying, I guess the first couple weeks of the season, people were looking to dig his grave because you just, there were times where the Bengals had first and goal and they couldn't punch it in with Joe Mixon. And it seemed like the receivers are getting all the touchdowns and Joe Mixon was getting like, was getting the yardage, but he just wasn't scoring and he also wasn't getting a, a lot of catches out of the backfield. Like when the right. Bengals offense was really sluggish in the to start of the season. Yeah. but Perry. Now, Perry. now he's back more or less, you know, obviously you can't expect this to happen, but I think this is really a get right game for the entire Cincinnati offense.
1: I urge caution just because the schedule does get tougher for Cincinnati post by. Pittsburgh, Tennessee, Kansas City, Cleveland, Tampa, New England, Buffalo, Baltimore. Yep. I urge caution. If you can get out of Mixon for a high-end return, you do it.
0: Yeah. But this is definitely a know-your-league-mates kind of deal. Yes, for sure. Um, Anything with the Panthers, besides Deonta Foreman being terrible? Uh Baker
1: if Baker Mayfield is back as a starter, uh god help DJ Moore and his managers. Yeah. It's true. Give Sam Darnold a chance, please.
0: I don't know, I don't know. I mean, I mean how, any- how
1: bad can he be? How bad can he be? He can't be any worse than Baker.
0: Probably not. But yeah, it was it was not not a good one. Not a good one at all. Uh, Green Bay, Detroit. Man, this game was nuts. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, two interceptions in the end zone. You you rarely see from Aaron Rodgers. Oh
1: my God! I mean, this missing
0: was... missing targets. He looked he looked a shell of him of himself mm-hmm. in this game. Very much so. Very much so.
1: This this was this was the wheels. Everything just falling off the Green Bay Packers. I mean, my Lord, what the hell was this?
0: Yeah, and to top it off, they lose two two playmakers in this game. Yes,
1: yes. And there are major, major concerns with both of them. Uh, Romeo Dobbs has a high ankle sprain uh, that is a multi-week absence. And then for Aaron Jones, they are not sure, but he did leave – Ford Field with a walking boot and a noticeable limp. So not great. If A.J. Dillon is on your waiver wire, please, for the love of God, go pick him up, just like I did in the guillotine. Thank you very much. Also,
0: congratulations on surviving another week in the guillotine. Thank you. Likewise. Yep. Fun week. Thank God for Kenneth Walker and Joe Burrow. And Curtis Samuel catching that bullshit touchdown. <laughs> it, was, it was a bullshit touchdown. I'm glad you said it. <laughs> it was it was hilarious, but it was a bullshit touchdown. I mean, all yes. those, good form on the pick from that ref, though.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um. All right. Do we want to talk about the Detroit running game yet?
0: Yeah, it's not good.
1: I mean, they were. They they said they were going to ease DeAndre Swift back into it, but he had less touches than he did last week.
0: Yeah, and he got well. He got more yards than he did last week, which is good. But yeah, it's just it's a mess. It's like they they don't know who they want to use. I mean, they they know that they want to use Jamal Williams in goal line situations that is i think that's the one thing that they're the most confident in Mm -hmm. but otherwise it's like what do we do when we get to the goal line they just don't know
1: yeah yeah i mean jamal williams right now is is the line you want to be starting plain and simple i mean obviously if you have deandre swift i hope that you would have drafted jamal williams um and you could start both of them but Honestly, I don't think you could start Swift right now until he shows you that he can do it.
0: Yeah. Well, in the non guillotine, I have both, and I started Swift at uh, at Flex, or I started Williams at Flex, and I am happier for it because if I had started, because last week I started Swift, and because I thought that he was going to be back and he was going to be fine. And then Jamal Williams had 20 points. So I was like, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to have that happen again. So I started Williams.
1: Yeah, I mean Jamal, Jamal Williams going forward is a low end RB two. Same with DeAndre Swift until Swift get back, gets back to game speed. But like I like I said, you 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 could still rely on DeAndre Swift, but he has to get back to being a hundred percent. And will that happen this year? With how bad the with how bad the Detroit Lions are, you got to hope that he's going to be there weeks fifteen, sixteen, and seventeen. That's it.
0: I was going to say, you know, this is probably a situation where they could be like, we're so out of it as far as the playoffs are concerned that we're just going to shut down DeAndre Swift because we don't think he's going to get back to 100%. Possible. It it definitely is possible. Because if they, yeah, if they have nothing to play for them, what's the point? Right. Okay. Las Vegas and Jacksonville. Oh, boy. Uh, the Raiders uh, The Raiders suck. <laughs> I mean, Devontae Adams is good, but the Raiders suck. How Josh
1: McDaniels is allowed in the team charter going back to Las Vegas is beyond me.
0: Yeah, that's going to be a – it's a long plane ride home. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have a short – you have a fourth and two, third and two, and you don't run the ball once? Nope. I mean, what are you doing?
1: Just bad. Just very, very, very bad all around. I mean, this is a this is a godforsaken football team. Uh the only good thing about it is Devontae Adams.
0: 17 targets. 17. Do you think they were trying to send a message? I would say so. You know what the next closest was? Uh Foster Moreau at five targets. Good job. You could read. Yeah. Also, that's another thing. Darren Waller. Missing in action again. That plague again. Another soft tissue injury. That. um, How did you get more hurt during your bye week?
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, he did practice all week. He was limited. Um, I would say he probably has a decent chance to be back next week versus the Colts, but kind of keep your fingers crossed and and hope for the best.
0: I mean, it was basically so. The going into the Saints game, three straight limited practices didn't play. Going into this game, three, I think a couple limited practices. I don't think he he was was limited all week. He was limited all week. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. He was limited all week. I, for some reason, I thought they didn't practice on Wednesday, but, um, he, but he was limited. He never logged a full practice and he was inactive heading into this game. They didn't immediately rule him out. They had to, they waited until. the the 11th hour uh, to really declare him inactive for this game. I mean, there was a chance. There
1: definitely was a chance, but they just chose to exercise caution again.
0: It was a game time decision, basically, Uh for this
1: one. Yep. So, it stinks, but I mean, it is unfortunately what it is, and hopefully Darren Waller will have a chance to return next week. And for the Jaguars, get Right game for everybody. Trevor Lawrence with a day. Travis Etienne with a day. Two touchdowns for Travis Etienne. Over 100 yards rushing on the ground. Christian Kirk, nine targets, eight catches, 76 yards, a touchdown. Oh, good, good, good. More of this, please, from the Jacksonville Jaguars.
0: It's true. It's absolutely true. It was a great game for anybody for everybody except for Evan Ingram.
1: Yeah, and they play they play Kansas City next week at Arrowhead.
0: Oh, that's gonna be rough.
1: It's gonna be a lot of throwing. So Christian Kirk, fire him up.
0: Yep. Also, this is a Zay Jones revenge game.
1: It was. It was a Zay Jones
0: revenge game. So take that, Raiders. Yeah, it's a shame they didn't do anything with it, though. Yeah, no. I mean, he had five catches for 40 yards, but still, revenge game. That Ooh. doesn't help anybody. No, it doesn't help anybody. It's just fun to say. Uh, okay, next game. Remember when this used to be a rivalry? Like, a good rivalry? Although, who am I to talk with how... with just haven't beat the Patriots in, like, six... In, like, seven years. But um still remember when this used to be like a good rivalry yeah uh Colts Patriots oh boy this is a real welcome to the NFL moment for Sam Ellinger
1: again it's a rookie quarterback going up against Bill Belichick yep simple as that um yeah not a single Colts player had more than 10 fantasy points today it was rough all around I'll even give I'll even shrink it down no cult had more than seven fantasy points. No more than seven, no more than seven. Out of curiosity, Jordan Wilkins led the way
0: oh. with 6.8. That was that was my question, yeah. Jordan, so Jordan Wilkins led the way at 6.8, and yep. he had well, he had the uh, and that's in full because he had four catches for 15 mm-hmm. yards, so that really helped. But otherwise, I mean. Sam Ellinger is your leading rusher. Come on. At this point,
1: he's bad. He stinks. Yeah. He
0: stinks. I mean, granted, the Patriots defense is like not terrible. It's like pretty good. But yeah, he he, he was eaten alive in this game. In a big way. In a very, very, very big way. And I mean, it doesn't look like Anything's really going to change for this team besides Jonathan Taylor potentially coming back? Yeah, even then, is that really going to help them? No, not really.
1: What's Jonathan Taylor done besides scored two touchdowns in week one? Nothing. 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 And I mean, honestly, honestly, too, out of just going to the Patriots side of the ball, nobody else did anything either. It was Ramondre Stevenson who was lucky to get the receiving touchdown. And outside of that, nobody did anything for the Patriots. Unless of course you had the Patriots defense that put up 26 points that I mean you had them, but Ramondre Stevenson was the only one that he got lucky with the with the receiving touchdown. Yep. Just a bad fantasy game unless you started the Patriots defense which someone here did. Yeah. in five spots.
0: In five spots, really? Yep. Yeah.
1: Yep. How was that? And, was it? and pick up, find whoever's playing the Colts on a week to week basis and just start them. Just start
0: them against the Colts. Yeah. I mean, two defensive touchdowns. Or no, one defensive touchdown. I'm sorry. They had to pick yeah. six. Yep. Yeah. Um, they
1: put they play the Raiders next week. Raiders will be a top ten defense for me.
0: Yeah. And the Raiders are terrible. So that's, so that really shows how, how much stock, uh, there you have in playing against the Colts. Uh huh. And he you look was at, sacked, he was sacked nine times. That's like, uh, Luke Falk against the Eagles that one time where he was sacked like 10 or something like that. Yep. Brutal. I mean, you look at the win probability, uh, percentage like on ESPN that I don't know how many times this is actually happened I'm sure it happens like a fair amount like it probably at least once a week but it's kind of interesting to see that the win probability did not go to Indianapolis like it wasn't in Indianapolis's favor once all game I'm not surprised the lowest was uh New England had a 72 percent chance at the like midway through the first. I think that was the that was the lowest. Or no, this is a 68 something. But yeah, it was not a good one, not a good game no for anybody really.
1: Uh-uh. Nope. Uh uh nope.
0: I think this is yeah we're at the end of the uh one o'clock slate with this one and that's the Vikings and the commanders. Yes. Uh People thought that this game was going to be, I think a lot of people were worried about the Vikings in this game when they were down 17, seven. And, you know, they really came through in the end, Dalvin cook scoring and uh, Justin Jefferson scoring and, you know, even new acquisition TJ Hawkinson uh, having a a perfect nine for nine targets and receptions for 70 yards. Um, Just a solid game overall. For the Vikings. I heard somebody say this today, and I wonder if
1: it's true. Is it possible that the Lions were holding TJ Hawkinson back?
0: You know, it's not a bad idea because we know that TJ Hawkinson has the potential to be a good tight end. Right. And I mean, for years he was TJ Blockinson. Yeah. I and mean, he you don't get drafted in the top ten for nothing as a tight end Correct. for nothing. Correct. So, yeah, I think the I think you, this is going to be a, a renaissance for Hawkinson with the Vikings. I hope so. I hope so. I sure should hope so. Because, yeah, this is the best tight end the Vikings have had for Kirk Cousins since Kyle Rudolph. And maybe even Tyler Conklin for like a couple of weeks.
1: Uh, only was- one game, but all signs are looking up for Hawkinson for sure.
0: Yeah. And... I mean, the offense in Detroit was also bad and that like it was play calling and it was just production as a whole that held back Hawkinson. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I mean, Matt Stafford looked cooked when he was with Detroit, but then he ended up having, he ended up catching lightning in a bottle last year for one year for one year. Now he looks cooked again. Who would have thought? Right. Right. But Hey, uh, Adam.
1: Yes. We had an immaculate stat line in this game. Oh, we did. Oh, it's the same guy. Two weeks in a row. Johnny Munt. Johnny Munt. Two weeks in a row. Hey. And we had a immaculate, immaculate stat
0: line in the Detroit game. Wait. Shane Zelstra have yep. one. Yep, that's the one.
1: One catch, one yard, one touchdown, one target.
0: Oh, was Johnny Munt also? Uh, da, da. no, Johnny Munt was also a du- and a double immaculate. He had it on no, one Johnny target. Johnny Munt didn't score. Oh, I thought only it was only an immaculate stat line if you score.
1: We get the one catch for one yard and a reception. Or one catch on one target for one yard. But he just didn't score. I think it should I thought it was only an immaculate stat it line is. if you score. No, it is. It is. He just didn't have the touchdown. Oh.
0: But I mean, one one one. Why, I don't know why you mentioned it. It was beautiful.
1: Got me why. all excited. Shane Zylstra was the one that had that had the immaculate stat line.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh Washington. Uh, Taylor Heineke Heineke is good for this offense. Um, Better than Carson Wentz. Please, God Almighty, don't go back to Carson Wentz. Um, Curtis Samuel caught that bullshit touchdown. It it was a bullshit touchdown.
1: It was a bullshit touchdown.
0: He could have arguably been down at the one. It still was a touchdown, though. Yes, it did did count for a touchdown. Uh, Tim McLaurin did well also. He just didn't score in this one. Um, but the running game, I guess, would be kind of a cause for concern in this one.
1: Uh, Yeah. Oh, yes. Without a doubt. I mean, Brian Robinson, the best thing to happen in Antonio Gibson might have been Brian Robinson, if we're being really honest.
0: Yeah, because it really lit a a fire under him to have that kind of competition there.
1: Well, and the fact that JD McKissick has been hurt too, has definitely helped Antonio Gibson as far as being that, that PPR guy. Um, but yeah, you're gonna continue to start Antonio Gibson. And I, I did drop Brian Robinson in a league today. And it'll be I'll be interested to see if anybody does anybody does go and pick him up um this week. But for me, and this is in a league where I do really need running backs, so I was I still was comfortable dropping Brian Robinson and in the hopes that I get I will. I know I'm going to get it back next week. But Tony, Tony Pollard. I love Tony. And I knew. And I knew I was staring at picking up Jeff Wilson this morning. I was staring at it and saying, "Should I pick him up? Should I pick him up in this league?" And I didn't do it. And now I know I'm not going to be able to get him on waivers, and I'm going to be a very, 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 very salty spittoon.
0: Yeah. Well, I dropped uh, Jeff Wilson after. McCaffrey got traded to 40 to, to uh, San Francisco, so in the guillotine. I still well, have I still have Elijah Mitchell <laughs> wherever I have him.
1: Yeah, well, it's going to be a fight to get him back.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to want to get him back. I'm pretty okay with my running backs now, but True. um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's the end of the uh, one o'clock games. Moving on to the resurgence of Geno Smith. He's back. Yeah, he's back for real. I mean, he's always been back this year, but now it's more continue more continued success. Nine games of this, I think this is this is a really good good season for Gino. A really clean game, a really clean game. Obviously had had the
1: pick six, which which stinks. Wasn't his fault. Gino has looked fantastic. He looks poised. He looks controlled. He's been excellent. He has just been absolutely excellent for the Seattle Seahawks, for fantasy, continue to start him. Continue to start him as a a low-end QB1, high-end QB2. And you're going to feel good about it. Reap the rewards. Enjoy it.
0: Yep. If only he was drafted by the Jets.
1: If only he was drafted by the Jets.
0: There you go. Beat you to it. Uh, Kenneth Walker continues to make his case for uh, rookie of the year and basically cements his case for rookie of the year. With well,
1: uh, what that, that guy in Houston people are deciding to really overlook. I don't know. Kenneth Walker's pretty good. Oh, Kenneth Walker's really good, but it, it's no runaway.
0: It's no, no it's, runaway. No, you probably gotta,
1: not. You gotta remember Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker has only really been the full-time starter for four weeks. Damian Pierce has been the full-time starter
0: all year. But he's scored like a million touchdowns.
1: Oh, Kenneth Walker's been incredible. I'm not saying that he hasn't been, but Damian Pierce, put some, put some respect on Damian Pierce's name. But yeah, I mean, Kenneth Walker has scored, in every, has scored every week since week five. He's had two games where he scored more than one rushing touchdown. He's had over a hundred yards in two of the last three over 90 yards in three of the last four. And he basically is running at a six or seven yards, a clip pace. That's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. And he's just so difficult to bring down. And he that's is, the thing he is.
1: And he's so used to having such a high volume of touches Get 29 touches in the game. Last four games, 21 carries, 23 carries, 18 carries, 26 carries. Been over 20 carries in three of the last four. This is a guy that can do it because he was he was a high volume guy at Michigan State, and he's doing that now in the NFL with the Seattle Seahawks. He is a locked and loaded RB one. You're going to play him as such every single week, and you're going to reap benefits of what Kenneth Walker brings to the table because this is a really really good. Really, really exciting young player. Yep. And the other good thing for the Seahawks
0: is that both the top receivers scored. Yep. DK got his, Lockett got his. Great news. Yep. And uh Noah Fant is starting to have a little bit of a bounce back also. A little bit. A little bit. I don't know if
1: I'm gonna be comfortable with starting him uh week in, week out, but definitely is nice to see.
0: Well, just because tight ends, tight end as a position is just so volatile.
1: Yes, and you're look you're looking for that guy that shows something. And no offense, showed
0: something. Basically, unless you have the the top three guys, like starting a tight end is like playing Russian roulette. Yeah, every single week.
1: Yeah, the only thing that was missing with no offense today would have been a touchdown. And if he if he did score that touchdown, that he was missing, where would he have finished? For if he had scored a touchdown today, he would have been the third. Ranked tight end
0: of the week. Yeah. Well, that's without uh, the incoming 26-point Isaiah Likely performance on Monday. I would love that. That'd be <laughs> nice. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, there was that one play at the end of the game uh, where Noah Fant caught, like, a, a pretty short pass, and then the Cardinals were just like, you know what, we're just not going to tackle you, actually. And he ran for... <laughs> I don't even know like 30 or 40 yards. I'm like, what are you doing?
1: Yeah. It's, Cardinals- it's a lot. It's a, really a lot of where the 96 came from.
0: Yeah. That, that 50, it was 51. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. It is. But honestly, you could probably say that if you're a Cardinals fan, you're probably yelling, what are you doing at the TV for the entire game?
1: Oh yeah. Very much. So Eddie gets an early kickoff next week in, uh, in Munich.
0: That's right against uh, Tom Brady in the in uh, the Bucks. Yes sir. At uh, the Alliance. Yes. But uh yeah, the Cardinals, I mean, the Cardinals look like a shit show. Honestly.
1: Uh Fire Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. But uh, honestly though, for fantasy, everybody that you started with in reason was good enough. Kyler was good, didn't kill you. James Conner in PPR was okay. First game back, he'll grow into into it a little bit more. DeAndre Hopkins scored, which was chef's kiss. Only five targets, though, for DeAndre Hopkins, which I find particularly interesting. Um, I have to go back and watch the film on this one because I wonder if Seattle started to double him, um, given only five targets again after 27 targets in the last two weeks. I really do wonder if they did start to double him, so I'll have yep. to go back, go back and look in the film. And well, see I'm
0: surprised. If, I wouldn't be surprised if they put uh, their "quote unquote" best corner, Tariq Woolen, on um, on him,
1: and probably had a safety over the top. Would be would be my guess is probably what they ended up doing. Um, so if if that's the case, uh, you know, it, you just gotta uh, roll with the punches. Unfortunately, so we'll we'll wait and see.
0: Yeah, um, and then Zach you're lucky that he scored.
1: Yeah, you're very, very, very lucky that Zach scored. But again, it was against it was against the team that had that, that conceded the
0: most fantasy points to tight ends. And there you go. Yep. All right, last game, Rams Bucks. <clears throat> well, kind of disappointing. From a, I mean, if you if you don't play fantasy, it was a great game just because of the ending and all that. But um, outside of that final drive, the Bucks looked like they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, bad.
1: Really, really bad. Brady was lucky to get 15 points. Quite honestly, he dropped back 58 times and only had 280 yards. Like, I'm sorry. I mean, if you could find better on your waiver wire than Tom Brady, I think I would do it.
0: Tom Brady is on waivers in the non-guillotine and i wouldn't be surprised if he stays there is he really yeah really really
1: i mean i don't i don't blame whoever dropped him
0: yeah he's is not great
1: it it was not me but i don't i don't blame the person that that dropped him i
0: really don't huh yep well i guess he won't be not on waivers uh, anymore because you're probably going to go pick him up.
1: No, why would I? I have Josh Allen. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I don't need him.
0: I don't need him. I have I have I Joshi poo. Um, well, yeah. I'm not going to pick him up. I have Gino and Dak. I'm fine with. I'm perfectly fine. Yeah,
1: yeah, I don't need him. Um, the running back situation is dreadful. Uh, Tampa Tampa Bay cannot run the ball. And I urge everybody to please, if Rashad White is available on your waiver wire, please go pick him up because Rashad White was way better than Leonard Fournette. Yep. In terms of running as well, Leonard Fournette has not had over three yards a carry
0: since week six when he had exactly three. I can't believe that on that final play when they faked it to Fournette, they actually believed that Fournette was going to be getting that ball. Listen listen to his yards per carry. You ready for this?
1: 6.0. Yeah. Leonard Fournette had 127 rushing yards against the Dallas Cowboys.
0: That game was played in the twilight zone.
1: Yeah, yes. Yes. <laughs> Considering where both teams are now, yeah. 6.0 versus Dallas. 2.7, 2.9, negative 1, 4, 3, 2.4, 2.7, two point1
0: Wait negative who is the negative one against Kansas City. oh three carries for negative three yards. Oh that game well that game was uh that game was atrocious. yeah for Tampa mm-hmm. Bay.
1: yes. I mean you have to start Leonard Fournette, but
0: well do you you have to. I don't think you have anybody better. Well if you want to go like on the numbers. I don't know. At this point, like how you you know that the Bucks are one of the worst rushing teams in football. And it's not like they're getting somebody back that's gonna make that better.
1: In 10 they're, team leagues, in 10 team leagues, where are you finding a running back that's better than Leonard Fournette? That you could have drafted or picked up.
0: I don't know. But right. you have to find something just Try and throw more darts, I guess. Just because, you know... No, no,
1: no, no, no. no. Pick up darts,
0: but don't start them. Not over Fournette. How many times do you have to get burned by the stove before you stop putting your hand on the stove? I would
1: much rather start Leonard Fournette than Isaiah Pacheco. I would much rather start Leonard Fournette than Brian Robinson. I would much rather start Leonard Fournette than... Anybody, any Colts running back. I'd much rather start Leonard Fournette over any Denver running back. I would much rather start Leonard Fournette over James Conner. I'd much rather start Leonard Fournette over... Ooh, I'm thinking about over either Buffalo or Jets guy.
0: I I don't don't know. I would start. I would Michael. start
1: Fournette over Buffalo. I would start him over Singletary. I don't. Fournette and Carter are pretty. Fournette, Carter, Robinson is pretty even. I still think I go for I go for net. That's that's actually a lot closer than I thought.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I. You sometimes you just gotta take your draft your draft pedigree and throw it out the window with some guys. Yeah, I, I understand that, but most people
1: don't have any better options. It's not like you're going to go start someone just random Joe Blow and hope that, you know, you throw a dart and hope it's a bullseye. Most people don't have better options.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know, maybe you pick up Jeff Wilson.
1: It's speculation. I mean, sure, pick him up. And if he. If he goes off, if he's the starter again and he leads the way for Miami again, then yes, absolutely. But until then, that's just, it's pure speculation. I mean, I would, I'm no doubt starting Leonard Fournette as a top 20 option next week versus Seattle. No doubt. No doubt. You play, you play Fournette, you play Fournette, you give him one more week. Okay. But the moral of the story is you must have Rashad White, even if you don't have Fournette. Pick up Rashad
0: White. Is that what you're going to be doing? Because I know you have him. I have 9-10. Rashad
1: White in about I, in 19 leagues. They think I have him in about 11.
0: Well, you have... I'm saying you have Fournette. You're starting him next week? Oh, absolutely. Because I don't have any better options. Actually, I'm kind of curious. I don't have any better options. Oh, you were not kidding. Yeah. Yeah, you have no... Well you know you have any better options
1: no i don't i don't and most people the same way this is a guy you spend a second round pick on so unless unless you have a cordero patterson unless you have the kenneth walker or um i don't know give me give me another uh give me another late round running back that's that's you know panned out maybe Kenyon drake if he pans out uh for baltimore Unless you have one of those guys, then you really don't have anybody else that you could just say, oh, yeah, I could start them over Leonard Fournette.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm not – I guess I can't really put my money where my mouth is because I don't have them anywhere. But at this point, you're – yeah. You're just, And this is kind of like a broader discussion that we could definitely have like in the offseason. Where oh, it's like, how does, how much do you factor where you draft guys um, into how long of a leash you give them? Because I well, mean, it, go ahead, go ahead. Like I was reading stuff about this, like on, on Reddit and stuff like that, where people are saying that fantasy football is stuck with this sung, with a sunk cost fallacy with players that are underperforming.
1: Absolutely. I don't, dis- I don't disagree with that, but it all comes down to, okay. Say you don't start Leonard Fournette. Who are you starting over him? Right. What's your options? Like I, I I'll use my team as a great example since since you know we referenced it. I'll bring it up. So right now I have Jonathan Taylor out in this league. I have Keenan Allen out in this league. Um, and I had to start Dion Jackson this week.
0: There's Theoretically, no way you'd be starting Fournette as your RB two if yeah. Jonathan Taylor is still out.
1: Correct. Correct. Naeem Hines did nothing today. So that's pure speculation. Pacheco is pure speculation. These are all guys that I have on my bench. And then I have Rashad White. I would never start Curtis Samuel because that's just silly. And now Adam Thielen is a big question mark with Hawkinson. The only guy that maybe I could think of with a full-strength team is like if I plug Keenan Allen in for Gabe Davis – Gabe Davis, maybe, would be my flex over that. if I were to sit him. And then have Jonathan Taylor in there as well. Which then again, Jonathan Taylor and Leonard Fournette are two of the same. And also Gabe Davis isn't great either. Right. So I I can, o- I, right. I can only speak for this team and say I do not have any other option. It's it's not about a leash, or it's not about how far am I willing to go with a shitty player that I spent top pedigree on. It's more. I don't have the options. So I have to play this guy. Um, until, until something better comes out, I'm stuck with him.
0: Yeah. I'm just I, I feel that's the
1: same for a lot of fantasy managers.
0: Yeah. Okay. Can I give you an example of a team in the guillotine that has Fournette? Yeah. So the team in the guillotine that has Fournette his running backs are Fournette, Gibson, Khalil Herbert, Gus, Gus Edwards, Christian McCaffrey, and he has Taylor on IR and Josh Kelly on IR.
1: I wouldn't start any of those backup running backs over Fournette. Not so Gus, you would, it would be Gus.
0: McCaffrey and Fournette as your backs? Yes. Basically? Okay. Yes, 100%. It
1: was Gus Edwards, Khalil Herbert, and who was the other one? I heard Josh Kelly, and who was the other one?
0: Taylor is on IR.
1: Okay, so it's just the three.
0: Well, he also has Gibson. Uh, Gibson or Fournette. I
1: think I'd rather have Fernet still, but that's really close. That's really close. That's actually a very good one.
0: Yeah. So there you go for that. Uh, that is it for this one. Uh, unless you want to do like an updated Monday Night Preview with Mark Andrews being out. Uh, and, also being, and also Gus Edwards being out.
1: Blake and Drake play as a likely.
0: Well, there you go. Fun stuff. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basic Talk Podcast Fantasy nice Show. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcast. my co-host, Ed Birdsell, I'm Adam Castor and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.